You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. Previously, Jules had a conversation with Beltran in which he threatened her. Well, he's El Chino, I suppose. He's... I don't know, he's in Beltran's body. It's all very confusing. Because of her relationship with Val, he threatened her and said things like, you know, she's perverted and whatnot. I don't know. It was horrible stuff. So I don't really want to... Poor baby's taken so much flack. They're not even together. They haven't been together for the entire second half of the show. And still, uh... Yes. But coming up in this episode, we get some very cute moments with them and that I suppose depends on your definition of cute but I I think they're cute because they're together in a scene right so that's my definition on to today's episode so we start with Renata talking to somebody I think we may have seen her before this friend of hers yeah I mean she this definitely isn't her first time on the show she's been in Renata's story arc right and so they're talking and she asks Renata, why are you making that face? And she's, Renata says she's worried about something she overheard at her new job. Something about Valentina. And she's concerned. And her new job seems to be at a rival media empire. Yeah. Last time we also discovered that Val's father is in Jacob's body. And he told the family. So she got her dad back. And it was this epic, really sweet moment. And then there was a phone call where she said to Jules, I'm going to come tell you, but I'm only going to tell you tomorrow, right? Right. Right. She called her and it was all very dramatic and sweet, but they got to have the conversation. Right. So this is now tomorrow and they are together. So Jules is saying, what do you mean your dad is alive? So Val's like, well, he transmigrated. And then she says, boom. And it's just so cute and adorable and very Val. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this had to be a really hard scene to kind of sell, even though, even with everything that the show is about, because it's just, oh, your dad transmigrated and your dad transmigrated. (laughs) And it's interesting because Jules has got this, okay, so her father transmigrated. So she's been down this road, but she's now going to be surprised and sort of astonished and kind of like a, a little bit disbelieving about Fell's dead. Right. Everybody can't just start transmigrating. That's not what this is about here. <laughs> Except that's exactly what this is about. <laughs> right. But I think you think that this is like a once in a billion type thing that's happened. And then you find out that it's just happening all over the place. So I... Yeah, I think it's, there's strangely a lot going on this in this scene for telling the viewer nothing that they don't already know. Well, that's actually a very valid point. As Val is telling Jules, she's relishing the whole storytelling process. She's enjoying each little revelation as she gives it to Jules. She's not just laying it all out on the line. She's giving her little pieces of information at a time. Well, and their situations 
couldn't be more different. I think that when Juliana thought her dad was dead, she was obviously sad, but there was a, quite a bit of relief, I'm sure, um, because he was a horrible person. And the situation that Valentina is going through could not be more opposite. She is elated. I mean, Juliana spent the show running from her dad's transmigrated body. And in Valentina's case, he was always there, but it was secret. And now she's finding out and all of these pieces are fitting into place. So for it being, you know, they are both transmigrated. Again, it's like their situations could not be more different. Absolutely. Val is excited about it. Mm-hmm. And she's really reveling and telling her girlfriend that this wonderful thing has happened to her and she's gotten her father back. And now she's just revealed the fact that uh, it's Jacob. Which, okay. So to recap, in case you have forgotten, because we've only mentioned this about a thousand times, but Jacob's body is the body of Jules's father who was executed. So in essence, Jules's dad is now Val's dad, at least in terms of physical form. And it's just this weird thing. So imagine being Jules now and trying to wrap your head around the fact that this person who looks like your father is actually your girlfriend's father. Yeah. Talk about in-law problems. <laughs> and it, the way she plays it is actually so beautiful. You can see Jules kind of working through it. And Val is kind of like, she looks off and, and it's almost like it didn't occur to her that that's what has happened. When Jules is like, your father's in my father's body. And you can see Jules working through it now and she's like, it's just, no, it's not possible that you and I met not knowing our dads were connected. Right. And I, she's saying exactly what the skeptical viewer is probably thinking when they're watching it, which I really appreciate because it is too convenient. It's, but you know, this story isn't told because it's just like every other story. It was made into an 87 episode Mexican telenovela because something special is happening here. But still, you have to be okay. You know, it's like all those lesbics books where somebody has sex with somebody and then goes into work the next day and realizes it's their boss. Like the statistical probability of something like that happening is one in a million, but it happens. And this is the story that's telling that. Absolutely. And Val plays it off so beautifully because, you know, this is what I love about these two characters. They're so polar opposite and yet they're so beautifully matched. Val just looks at Jules, this very intense look, and she's just like, well, it's because we're meant to be together. This was destined to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little bit like this is you and I, Monica, having a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about it works, but we come from such different places. So maybe we were podcast soulmates, Sheena. Definitely. And they were destined to meet, obviously. And then there's this very interesting moment after they've both admitted that they were just destined to meet where they hold on Val for just a moment and just this flicker of sadness, just a very small flicker of sadness crosses her face. And I think it's because she realizes that this person is the person she's destined to be with, but they're not together. Yeah. Also, there was a lot of like eye flirting going on in that scene. Uh, yeah. The whole show 
Like, it's amazing. It's amazing what both of these actresses convey. Absolutely. Okay, so now we cut to them again, but it's like later in the day or like a little bit later, the conversation, the, the shot is a bit different. So I assume there was stuff in between this. Jules is now telling Val about her meeting with her father and how he got really aggressive. And then Val's like, but did he get mad because you were telling him to stay away from you and your mother? And Jules reluctantly tells Val that he's upset because of them, their relationship. And Val just kind of plows ahead with, well, you don't have to worry about that because in the beginning it's complicated for everyone. Remember her, Lupe and and Ava. And she, sorry, she, it's funny because she doesn't say, you know, well, we're not together. She's like, no, it's hard for everybody. They're going to get over this. There's still this optimism because they are Definitely, they're in the camp of not together, but flirting and on the road to to perhaps getting back together, but definitely not back together while they're having this conversation. But it's almost like Val is choosing to just kind of assume they're going to get back together again. And she's behaving like it, which makes me a little bit confused about her 180 in the next scene. Yeah, but we'll get to I knew we were going to talk about that. And I would like to, because it's something that's always kind of bothered me about the show yes and i get from a perspective of you know you got to have that conversation and you can't always have it coming from the one person who keeps pushing the other one away but it is a little confusing okay so but right back to this now val asks how he threatened jules and jules says he he said he was going to take drastic measures and he said it in a hitman tone and then the music does this drum thing, which indicates that this is a very serious, bad thing. I was thinking about it. It's not funny, but the fact that Juliana, you see these moments where you're like, oh, she is like an 18 or 19 year old guy. He said it in his hitman tone. So, you know, he's serious. I just think that that's a really, that might be a translation expression, um, why it sounds like that. But yeah, it kind of sounds like something a, a kid is saying more so than anyone else. So I don't know if that's intentional or not, but I actually like it because it brings it back to the fact that, you know, for all intents and purposes, she's a kid and she's just finding her way in the world. And it, I think it makes it, you know, a little bit more palatable when she makes what we feel the viewer or what the viewer feels is the wrong decision. Or if she could have handled something better, I think it makes a lot more sense. I actually agree with you. I do think that those moments when, even if it is a translation thing, it sort of adds to the narrative because they are young. I think that's a very valid point. So now we're back at another scene with them, which is even later in the day. It's an interesting scene in terms of how they've chosen to open the shot. They've got Jewel standing facing like a counter. I think they're in the kitchen or something. She's facing away from Val. Val is behind her and touching her. So they are like pressed up against each other, but both facing in the same direction. It's like stand-up spooning. It's like stand-up spooning, yes. But as a result, they're not looking at each other. There's no eye contact being made. There's a emotional distance right now between them, even though they're touching each other. So it's like there's an emotional distance, but they want to be together. Well, there's also the fact that Juliana looks really sad. Absolutely. But if you just look at the framing... I mean, this is a beautiful way to express where they are emotionally. 
I'm just appreciating the blocking here, Monica. (laughs) Yeah, and great lighting. And great lighting. And the first thing out of, I think if Val says this, out of Val's mouth is, I want to be with you. And I really believe that we're destined to be together. And Jules just looks devastated. Val's broaching the serious conversation about what they're going to do about the threat. Right. And she says to Jules, come, like, turn around. So Jules does. And as Jules turns around, Val steps right into her space, gets very close, looks directly into her eyes. She says, you know, if we're going to take your father's threat seriously, then shouldn't we stop being friends too? And Jules can't believe it. She's like, are you serious? Is that love? She's like, it's trash. I know, she's over it, which I think is really... Well, I mean, okay, because it takes us a a long time to get through on this podcast what's actually happening on the show. To be fair, like, maybe they've only known each other for about two weeks. I think that's, that's how long they've been in one another's lives at this point. But they've gone through so much, a la, you know, you're supposed to do on a telenovela. Um, But they just got, like, Lupe's approval. And they've both been kidnapped. And they had to get over Juliana sleeping with Sergio and Ava. And they didn't really settle things with Ava. But Ava's just distracted by her own problem. So she's not really a problem because of that anymore. And Valentina got her dad back. I mean, like, they should be on cloud nine. And then out of nowhere comes stupid Beltran saying, you know, it's not even a veiled threat. Like, saying that he will physically harm them if they try to be together. And it does kind of come in at the, you know, the 11th hour for the viewer. And you're like, can't they just be together already? They've been through so much. But I do think it's like a very fair thing that would happen. Like once he really gets wind of this. I The one thing I'll say for it is it's definitely in character for a person like him to feel this way. Um, so they're kind of grappling with it. But you see Juliana kind of break in the sense of... I just can't do this anymore. Like, there's always going to be something. We just have to decide whether or not we want to go forward with this or not and not let whether or not it happens be about forces outside of our control because it's clear that there's always going to be something. Absolutely. And it's interesting for me that her father's her breaking point. And I think that has to do with the antagonistic relationship she's always had with him. She wants to say stuff you to him. She wants to be rebellious against what he wants. And she knows that he's wrong in this, in most circumstances, frankly. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely true. Like she, Yeah, she doesn't respect him. The other stuff that's happened, like she loves Lupe. And she was devastated when Lupe rejected her. And she didn't feel like it was her place to get involved with Ava and how Ava felt about it. Um, you know, the other stuff, Valentina was in a relationship with Lucho, which felt like a lifetime ago, which kept them apart. And Juliana did make the choice to sleep with Sergio, which was kind of her deal. But yeah, this is one of the, the first things that she absolutely has no control over. And I think she's really, really mad about it. Absolutely. And so we're seeing a bit of a role reversal here, because on the one hand, Val is saying, 
I've never loved anyone in my entire life as much as I love you. So they're declaring their love for each other, but she's also saying that they can't have a relationship or even be friends because of this threat. And Jules is just like, we should do it anyway. She says, let's take the risk. And they fight. It's an impassioned fight. I kind of love it. I know I'm not supposed to, but I do. I know, but there's no happy kiss at the end, Monica. I'm sorry. Look, yes, we... I will completely concede that point. We talked about this a couple of episodes ago, recording when we knew that there would be no more kisses, spoiler alert again, between them. And I, there are a few, I think over the 87 episodes, I've had like, at this point, maybe two or three things that I would legitimately call problems or frustrations with the show, which is not bad in the scheme of 87 hours of recording but I definitely there's really something missing for me in these scenes and yeah I think that they should have kissed here but I understand what maybe I don't really understand why they didn't I try and be I try and be understanding but yeah they should have there's just like too much passion even if they thought they were never gonna be together again you still kiss that's why you kiss as a goodbye so yeah I just I really think that was a misstep and I understand that they were trying to tread a fine line but given some of the other scenes that came before this I don't really understand why they couldn't have made this happen but basically this conversation is such Val is saying we can't be together because of this threat by your father who's a legitimate like killer so this is not like a you know, nothing threat. And I'm worried about you and I'm worried about my family. And Jules is saying, stuff him. And I love you. And Val's like, I've never loved anyone more than I love you. And at that point, because she was declaring her love, but then also breaking her heart. At that point, there should have been a kiss. Okay, so Jules says, I'm sick of this. I just want to tell the whole world. And Val turns around and says that there's nothing I want more than to tell everyone, but it's just. Yeah. So my first problem is they don't kiss. And this is my second problem. This is a plot construct. If you've watched the show through the end, you know exactly why this happens and why it is so traumatizing. And it very much matters that in this moment, Valentina is saying, I can't come out to the world. I love you, but I cannot make our love a public thing. There's a difference between you and I admitting that we love one another to blasting this relationship across the world. So like I said, if you watch the whole show, you understand why it's very, very important that this scene happens. But when you are watching it, it feels so out of character because Valentina cares to a certain point about the expectations of her family. And I think the one way, if you want to kind of feel better about the whole situation and that it isn't so like out of character is Valentina's father just came back to her and Ava is getting arrested. So her family really kind of is in tatters right now from the professional standpoint and you know they are a media conglomerate so it matters but I think it's just it's still it feels off when Valentina says this to 
reject being out publicly with Juliana, especially because you know it has to be such a huge step for Juliana to take. And I think that, again, you can kind of excuse it. They're both in the the throes of having all of these feelings and they're just kind of fighting and saying things. But it's, you know, it's kind of hurtful. And I really don't like that Valentina does that, I think is the summation of the way that I feel. I'm very disappointed in her. And I completely agree and think that that is a valid assessment. During this discussion slash argument, Jules says, and what about us? And Val comes back immediately, and what about my fam? And I'm just, come on, Val, because you were saying earlier on in the season about how you should just, you know, stuff everyone else, including your family, and be together. And now you're turning around and saying you don't want the media to find out because you're worried about your family. Hmm. And I think what she really means is her dad. Oh. Yeah, I think that this conversation never would have happened if she hadn't found out the night before that her dad is resurrected like Jesus. Yeah, that's why she came over to Juliana's to tell her that's how new that's the whole reason they're in this room right now so yeah it, it makes me so mad that she did it but I if you're a Juliantina scholar like myself can really pick out the nuance of why this may or may not be okay but it doesn't mean I like it but I begrudgingly accept it as not just like a deus ex machina, like ninth inning, just throw it in to make problems. I think it is something that was more likely to happen than less likely to happen. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> no take backs. You agreed. Okay. And after that very emotional confrontation, Val goes back home. Yeah, it is annoying that they don't really clarify. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it is kind of annoying because we just cut to the next scene that they don't clarify how that ended. I agree, but I don't know if there would have been a happy ending to that. I mean, what does Jules turn around and say, oh, well, that's how you feel. Get out of my house. Well, but I think that's important to know. I don't know. I've never done well with the ambiguity. And for anybody that's ever like read my books, I write kind of like a soap opera sometimes where I want you to know every second of every day that they're experiencing like highlighting and snapshotting different scenes across the journey feels so foreign I want to tell you the journey like front frontwards and backwards and every word in between and every thought every character has yeah that's just like <laughs> why do you think I love telenovelas so much because they go through every single second that the the characters are experiencing pretty much so the fact that you take one of those seconds away the whole point of me going on this rant is yeah to talk about how I think there should have been like a little bit more of a resolution even if it wasn't happy in that scene I actually agree with you because I felt very and now now we're somewhere else this is weird but yes we are outside the I think this is the cover hole house thing what is it property compound Thank you, compound. And Val approaches Renata and she's like, don't worry, Guille isn't here. He's at the company. Because something's going down. Renata's new media company 
is mounting something, some sort of exclusive scoop against the Carvajal Empire. I get the feeling, so they're standing outside the walls, right? So I was thinking about this. I'm like, why are they standing outside and why are they worried about people that are inside? Like, what's going on there? And I was wondering if the police are in there, like, raiding it. Because there's guys with guns standing outside that look kind of official looking. Oh, I think that's just Mexico. But why are they not inside the compound having this conversation? And why are they saying, don't worry, Gia is not in there? Something's going on inside that is forcing them to be outside. No, so because Valentina just got there, so she could go in if she wanted, and Renata no longer works for the Carvajal family. So this is a Carvajal conversation, like a Carvajal media conversation. She's not invited in there. She's not an employee. She works for the competition. So in a professional capacity, she's, I just think, not allowed to be there. No, but she's been in the house a lot. Right, but in a professional capacity. So there, if you look at the screen there, executives are coming to an agreement. Like, this is a work thing that's happening. No. Okay, so she's having a conversation with Val about what's going on at her work. But I think she came looking for Val. And they're standing outside the compound right now. What I'm saying to you is they're standing outside the compound on the road. Something's happening inside the compound, which is why they're not inside the compound. Is that her? I guess it's her house. I don't, well, we don't, I mean, we don't need to surmise. We can play and see what's actually happening. But yes, I do understand what you're saying. That this isn't something that Renata is like talking about professionally right now. She's talking about her company, but they're somewhere else. They're outside the compound. Look here. Here's the, the gate. Yes. The, okay. okay. Yep. I agree with you. So I think that there's like a police raid or something going on inside. Because remember, the last time we were inside her house, she was desperately looking for Ava and Jacob because they had vanished in the night and not come back because they were dealing with some kind of business thing, which is what something to do with what Ava got them into trouble with. Yeah, and I still don't know what Ava did. Right, so right now there's guys with guns, which I think are stopping them from going in because I think the police are doing a police raid or something. So Val walks up to the house, but she's standing outside. Renata's there, and then so Val says, oh, don't worry, Guy is not there. He's at the company. Renata says, um, I'm actually here looking for you because some, I don't know if you know this, but I'm now working for XYZ Media Conglomerate. And then Val's like, oh, well, congratulations. And she's so sweet, you know, because this is like competition. So Renata's like, and I came to tell you that something's going on there that they have found out about you and Jules. And they're planning on splashing it all over the media to ruin your company's reputation, basically. Yes, and I agree with all that. And yeah, it's just so sad. They're all trying to do the right thing, like especially Valentina in this case, trying to protect her family. And it doesn't matter. Somebody's always coming from one side or another to try and take advantage of the situation. And it's such an awkward conversation poor Renata has to have with Val. Because it's not necessarily something she believes uh, that is worth having a scandal over, but she wants to give her the heads up because this is going to cause something. 
Which is funny because in just in the scene we just watched, that was Val's biggest fear. So this is Val's biggest fear now coming to light. The world is going to know about her and Jules, whether she likes it or not. I don't think it's her biggest fear. It's how it impacts her family, especially given what they're going through right now. I don't know. I guess I'm just of the impression that if you've gone through what they've gone through, you should just put on your big girl panties and be okay with it. Right, but I think that this is part of the the ongoing conversation. And I think it's an interesting thing that they do here. Whether you're rich or poor, known or unknown, I think a lot of people feel oppressed or feel held down or feel like their family has expectations of what they should do or who they should be. And Valentina is no different than any of those families. Hers is just on a worldwide scale. So there's also this public eye kind of expectation of it. So I think it makes sense. Like it doesn't make me happy that it's happening. But I think it does matter that she's doing it because of her family and not because of her own personal feelings. But I will concede that in the last conversation they had, she said it's because she doesn't want people to know, not because of her family. But I really think that's what she's doing, trying to protect them. Her dad just came back. Ava's going to jail. Gia was in prison like three days ago. The Carvajals are having problems. (laughs) But on the greater scheme of things, Ava's into criminal activity and that's hit the media. Gia was in prison, that hit the media. And now they're going to follow up with the grand story of Val's a lesbian. I mean, it's it's kind of... uh, I mean, I would argue that it's possibly more incendiary. It's way more clickbaity then CEO of company does something illegal. Like that's, I mean, that's a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know. Okay. I suppose it's also, I'm, I'm looking at it from a, a very privileged perspective, I will concede, because we've had legal gay marriage for years. You know, it's, I don't have any, although they have legal gay marriage in Mexico too for years, so I don't know. No, it's still, it's just the expectation and that it's some kind of tool that can be used against you and that it's just the court of public opinion. Yeah, it's absolutely not illegal and there's nothing wrong with it, but it's a really good soundbite for people to talk about because she has been nothing but deemed like a straight, pretty party girl princessa. And we know that that's not, you know, how she is from watching her and understanding her friendship with Juliana develop and that she was just in a really bad place and originally had terrible tastes in boyfriends. But that's who she is to the world. So this is, I mean, I'm sure it would be shocking. It also makes sense from the point of view, I mean, because I'm sitting here thinking about this as we're going right at the beginning when Jules and Lupe lived in that flat with that really weird lady. And she brought the magazines over for Val to sign, right? Yeah, she's on magazines. She's just like casually a model. (laughs) She's used to being in the public eye. She's used to being critiqued on like everything, including like her father's funeral was a two-page spread or a three-page spread or something in, in, you know, the magazines. So, I mean, from that perspective, yes, okay. All right, 
I shall concede the point, Monica. <laughs> Are we keeping score? I think you win all of them. <laughs> no, never, them. never. But I think um, this is probably a good place to wrap for today. Yes, I think you're right, actually. Okay, so next time we look at why Ava's upset, and that's a wrap for this episode. Monica, thank you for joining me today. You were a rock star, as always. You are welcome. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena, and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online. Uh, just depends on what channel. Uh, so Twitter is my jam. If you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McCallan, and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website, www.monicamccallan.com. But for sure, if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff, Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.